the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 2014 was a huge year for mobile payment. Apple released its digital wallet service in October. Google Wallet, PayPal, and other websites or other apps like Venmo gained in popularity. 2015 uh, might offer a little bit more of this. Real discussion around Apple Pay is about how Apple and it's now offering can disrupt the industry. Um, some people who are negative on stocks, they're called bears. They believe that Visa Mastercard all, and MasterCard are all but dead and they'll lose out. And that's ultimately not true. Large credit card companies are partnering with Apple. Also, 50% of payments in the United States are strict cash. And that's much higher in emerging markets around the world and it's more like 75%. So, It'll be interesting to watch, to say the least. Um, Verifone reports on Monday. Today, a um, couple hours, about 10.30 Pacific time. And you're going to learn a little bit more. It's kind of a mystery. It's kind of a puzzle that we're piecing together on what this all ultimately means. And I kind of like seeing it that way. Speaking of Apple, by the way, they can't seem to make enough of the iPhone successes to keep people happy. Piper Jaffray, Apple analyst Gene Munster, did some channel checks on the iPhone and said it's still hard to get your hands on. Um, he did a similar check back in November. And this tells you that they're going to have continued strong demand probably into the January through March quarter. First quarter of 2015. With that said, um, stock looks pretty cheap. Now, projecting out into the future, will the iPhone 7 or the iPhone 8, will they continue to be able to figure this out? I think a lot of people have big questions on that. And that's, again, figuring out part of the puzzle. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls 
on the air. Other things we can talk about, we can talk about, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, it's safe to assume that market followers know last week didn't end very well. Some positive bias can be attributed in large part to the expectation that there's still some buy-the-dip action, which was kind of a story for the last two years. Anytime the market would pull back, someone stepped up and purchased shares. Conventional tense right now um, is, you know, is it going to be short-term? Is it going to be mid-term, long-term? When we're acting poorly, does it turn into anything? Crashing oil prices and residual concerns about you know, exposure to that crash have left many account managers in capital preservation mode, pushing towards the end of the year. This week should be interesting because we had a Fed open uh, market committee meeting, which will culminate with a new directive and a press conference by the Fed chairman, Janet Yellen, on Wednesday. It'll be a focal point. We'll watch the direction of oil prices and markets reaction, the direction oil prices go. Today, for instance, oil prices stabilize and Exxon moves higher. So right up $58 a barrel of WTI crude. Over the weekend, Japan's parliamentary election went as expected. Prime Minister Abe's LDP party won big, taking 325 seats on what was reported to be the lowest voter turnout since World War II. Despite the mandate to follow through the economics, Japan's Nikkei declined 2% almost today. There's a business sentiment survey out of Japan, and uh, it showed some weakness. China's Shanghai Composite, higher. After the People's Bank of China researchers said they see 2015 GDP growth slowing to about 7.1% from around 7.5%. Translation for a lot of market participants is that you know more policy stimulus should be forthcoming. Corporate news is very limited today, although it's certainly worth noting that pet supply services PetSmart is being acquired in an $8.7 billion leveraged buyout deal. Um, that's one of those companies that kind of been stuck in neutral for such a long time that someone thinks they can acquire it, uh, shut down a couple stores. Train some managers, fire some managers, hire some managers, shake things up with suppliers, and maybe bring them public again down the road. The Empire Manufacturing Survey for December pointed to a contraction in manufacturing activity. So New York shows a bit of a slowdown. And again, people will look at this and uh, try to put together the pieces of the puzzle. Strength Day Crude Oil. Um, I want to call it strength. I'd call it a push. PetSmart and Riverbed Technologies acquired by private equity firms, so I didn't see the Riverbed story until just a second ago. Riverbed Technologies was one of those tech companies that, from 10, 15 years ago that had a story. And that story kind of got old and time to take them private. It's kind of like, let's take them in the back of the room and beat them. <laughs> you know, they're no longer... Like, we, got, we have to push out a new web app. On the IPO. Some strength today, consumer staples, energy, industrial, technology, weakness, financial materials, telco services. It's end of the year, so I'll probably be peppering in some end of the year stories. As far as stock ideas for the 2015, expectations for 2015. Again, this is your show, so don't be shy. Pick up the phone, 800-516-1220. The ruble collapses again today. 
Uh, the Russian ruble dropped over 4.5% on Monday, crashing through 60 rubles to the dollar. Um, their government doesn't have as much debt linked to GDP as the United States, but their corporations do have major problems with the weakness in the, do- uh, weakness in the ruble. Um, this is a concern. It's tumbling despite a rise in oil prices. There's a disconnect there that could suggest the currency is now being driven by a declining domestic sentiment rather than, as some have claimed, algorithmic trading tied towards actually automatically sold rubles whenever the oil price drops. A um, country that depends heavily on oil prices to uh, decide their future, economically speaking. So that's out there, and that's you know that's probably one of the bigger headlines that we won't necessarily talk a lot about. Um, the weakness in the ruble. Now let's see what's on the other stations. <laughs> like, that's not good. Um, there's a Sydney hostage taker issue going on that's getting a lot of social media play, which is the weirdness of the story is how a lot of it's unplaying or unfolding on uh, social media. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Aaron Sorkin's newsroom ended last night very unclaimed Um, everyone loved the cast no one really liked the show which is kind of interesting Um, spending spending bill legalized marijuana so watch for legalized marijuana stocks to have a play I know. Weird, right? Basically, the federal government said, we're not going to get involved in state affairs as long as those states say that things are okay. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Talking money, investing, and more. Um, Housing markets have kind of been an important story in the last four years. First-time buyers will make a comeback in the housing market soon, we expect. A comeback meaning that there's a lot of pent-up demand, and they haven't been the lead, per se of the housing market success in the past four years. 
it's kind of a residual financial effect of recession-driven job losses. Subsequent unemployment has impeded millennials' entry into the homeowning market. In 2015, the expectation is increases in employment opportunities should empower younger buyers to return to the market and fuel the continued housing recovery. You know, markets that are expected to be attractive to young professionals include, you know, everything from Los Angeles to teeny tiny Des Moines, Iowa, um, Atlanta. Um, it's the eighth largest economy in the United States, 17th largest in the world. Household growth formation ranks seventh in forecast over the next five years. Home sales are expected to grow about 11%. Other areas that are expected to be strong, Denver, uh, Denver Aurora. They're kind of like sister cities right next to each other. Dallas, Fort Worth. Des Moines continues to do well, even though to me, Des Moines is the flattest, most. I refer to it as Wonder Bread. It is just the simplest of offerings in the world. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, Long Beach, California continues to do well. Minneapolis. Phoenix, Mesa Grande, Arizona, new construction is supposed to be up 22%, sales surge 11%. Um, very digital city. San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara continues to rock and roll. Um, I had an interesting conversation about San Jose recently and how much it changed when the HP or the SAP Pavilion went in and how it really, that was the landmark moment. And uh, I don't know it to be true. I wasn't you know, paying attention, but uh, that's the thought. Washington, D.C. continues to do well in household formation. Supply is incredibly tight. You think it's tough to build in the Bay Area. Go to the uh, Washington, D.C. area, which encompasses southern Maryland, Washington, D.C., and northern Virginia. Very, very tight beltway there. But people keep moving there. Big tourist destination as well. So that market's doing well, to say the least. Um, a lot of those markets that you know are on the list of household formation, again, they're attractive to younger people because that's where jobs are. When I lived in Washington, D.C., I was surprised to go to sporting events. And uh, because everything's so close, it's easy for someone in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or New York or uh, you know, the surrounding areas to you know jump on a train and come watch a sporting event in your town because it's cheaper than in their town. Um, but when you're there, you're just surprised by how many people live in the city that are from Pittsburgh or Philly and, you know, um, you know, rural Pennsylvania and coming to Washington, D.C. for their first job. And those first jobs create the first, you know, time homeowners that we're talking about. Barron's came out this weekend with their outlook on 2015. And out of 10 major Wall Street strategists, not one of them was negative on 2015. That's kind of a negative sign <laughs> when everyone is bullish. Um, or it tells you that, you know, as long as the job growth are there and we feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, Tobias Lefkovich, he sees a year in target on the SP 500 at 2200 next year. He sees the 10 year treasury getting up to 2.95%. Uh, 
Uh, Stephen Off at Federated Investors, he sees the S&P 500 at 2350. Um, he sees strength in consumer discretionary technology, financials, and industrials. He says avoid telecom and utilities. Um, going to another strategist, again, this is just other people's opinions. John Praveen from Prudential International. He sees the S&P 500 at 2250. Most of the targets are 2200 to 2300 range, which is not massive upside from where we are here, um, ending 2014. Um, Savita Subramanian at Bank of America Merrill Lynch sees the SP 500 at 2200, avoid telecom and utilities. Most of the people who are talking about 2015 are saying avoid telecom utilities, utilities and industrials, slower growers or the more consistent dividend players. Um, fascinating when it's 10 for 10. Like I said, that's typically not a very good sign. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls off the on the air. We're going to talk about where you can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, other big stories out there, you know, Apple not being able to make enough of the iPhone 6s should create upside. The fear is, is what if they're having technical problems making them? Um, home builder sentiment this morning slips. That's worthy of note. Um, home builders sentiment deteriorated a little bit in the month of December. Economists expected a reading of 59, came in at 57. That's still near a nine-year high. So the year started off on a sluggish level, but it improved. And again, a lot of what people are saying is slow, steady growth. Keep in mind the United States is still a growth nation because of our immigration policies. We have more people coming into our country on a regular basis. So we have to house them. And that's one of the reasons housing has continued to do pretty well. Um, one thing I want to take a quick look at is the numbers for today. And particularly, I'm looking at the 10-year Treasury. Last week, it had a precarious slip to, to about 2%. It sits at 2.12% right now, and it's stabilizing. The S&P 500 is up 3, the Dow is up 6, the NASDAQ up 2. Well, it's 12.10 an ounce. Oil is down fractionally. Um, we're watching oil very, very closely today, because last week it was murder-related, which is a patent-pending word. Um, so don't steal it. It's mine. Um, oil floor, somewhere in the mid-50s. That's what most people are expecting at this point. No one expected 70 to break, 60 to break. So why not say we don't expect mid-50s to break? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Seriously, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, I look at this as your show. Um, Because it's literally your money that we're talking about getting you to retirement for your retirement. (laughs) Um, I still have a lot of hate and anger towards Tim Robbins, Tony Robbins. That's not going to go away. Um, I just hate seeing people profit from giving average to below average advice to average people who are doing the best to get, you know, buy. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Spanish newspapers are suddenly regretting their move to force Google out of Spain. You might remember last week I talked a little bit about Google pulling out of Spain because any news article that came up um, from their papers, Google's going to have to pay them a royalty on. It's a huge U-turn. Like Once they're gone and all their traffic disappears, they're like, oh, we need the Mac. Um We'll see. There's real challenges for real publishers out there. Uh, and Google's there to take advantage of it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk a little financial planning with CFP. Let's talk about the 10 pillars of retirement income planning. Bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, plan for your surviving spouse. My dad didn't exactly do that. My dad had a lot of life insurance on himself and almost, no, 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 a lot of life insurance on her, my mom, and nothing on himself. Kind of tragic that we don't think of our spouses. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things you can do is go to YouTube and type in Desperate Housewives and Social Security. Okay. And you'll see the clip that I talk about sometimes at our events where the older lady, um, she, her husband passed away, and she's sitting there, and she, he passed away a little late at night, and I guess she went through some papers and things like that and realized that, all right, I'm not going to get my Social Security anymore. I'm going to get his. His pension is going away. That's been our main source of income. I am going to be up the creek when it comes to finances. So that's when she decided to put him in the freezer in the basement, and it was all well and good. She was collecting both checks until the kids went to find a Popsicle and found the frozen dead guy. Um, that's that's the idea of planning for your surviving spouse and kind of a shocking story. Wouldn't you like um, to know the statistics of people who, you know, grandma dies and they just bury her in the backyard and keep oh, yeah, checks? And it, it's funny because I've seen that on a couple of different shows, um, a couple of different shows besides Desperate Housewives. It's kind of the only time I tune in is when there's finances related, right? But yep. um, there's been a lot of situations where planning for your surviving spouse isn't just about money. Um, if you're in a situation and it's either the husband or the wife that handles everything, maybe even the overall investment strategy and that was their passion and that's what they like to do, they paid every single bill, dealt with every single investments. If you pass away and you don't have a backup plan for your spouse, a trusted fiduciary-based advisor for your spouse to go to because they're not going to want to do it on their own, you're not planning for your surviving spouse. You're leaving a mess. You're not leaving a legacy. So if if you think you're good at it and you're handling everything as a, and you're in the in a married couple situation, right. you're only good if you have that backup plan. 
So that's one thing. The other thing is that people have to understand when when one spouse dies, the smaller Social Security check goes away, and the 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 surviving spouse, which is typically the female, keeps the larger check, which is typically the male's check, right? Right. So that's the way that works, but that's still a reduction in income. When there's two people and one of them passes away, it's not just and it's not expenses are definitely not cut in half ever. The only expense that typically gets cut in half is food and health care, and that's it. Um, I can't think of many other expenses that get actually cut in half. So if you have a pension that's going to go away, a pension that's going to get cut in half, like a 50% survivor pension, you need to plan for that. And as you go into retirement, if you have a pension and uh, you don't know what the the spousal benefits are, or if you know it and it's zero or 50%, that's the one time, uh, one out of two times that people need permanent life insurance where term insurance doesn't work. They might need long-term, you know, a, a permanent, low-cost death benefit so that when they pass away early, their wife gets tax-free lump sum and the pension goes away. Um, let, me give so you, it, let me give you a quick example of just using your words where you say plan for surviving spouse. Um, it's also bigger than that. It's like sometimes just show your spouse where the money is, the insurance policies. Show your children where the life insurance contract is. Like, just having a plan and writing it down is a big part of this, and not just the, the tangible things you're talking about, but putting it down on paper is critically important because big mistakes could be seen and caught and fixed before they become problems. Yeah, and that's just basic estate planning, too. You know how many people have a uh, safety deposit box and nobody knows where the key is or where they have it, but they mentioned they have one, and it drives people batty for years? Where's There could be something. There could be bars of gold in, in the safe deposit box that Grandpa mentioned, yeah. and nobody ever finds it. So it gets turned over to the state. So, um, yeah, planning for the surviving spouse, it, it, we get interviewed quite often by people that, hey, you know, I'm doing this all myself now, but, you know, I'm not I'm not doing too well physically, um, and I want somebody else that my spouse can turn to because my, my spouse is an artist, and I am right. the finance guy, you know, so it's it, it's it's responsibility. It is. And, again, it, it ran in my family, so it could run in anyone's family where my dad just – my mom was a housewife her whole life, and she never bothered to know about money until he kicked over and died, and suddenly she had to know. It's Anything else we need? We've got about 30 seconds. Well, it's a, if you're the spouse that happens to be listening now, and, oh, I just turned into a finance show, and let me catch your ear for a minute, because if it's not your bailiwick, you don't like to do it, um, that's also your responsibility to take a bit of an interest, at least have a quarterly meeting with your spouse. And I know you maybe don't like to deal with money or finances, um, but that's your responsibility. That's part of, you know, relieving some stress from the one that does do all the finances. So you got to work together when it comes to that. Sounds good. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. At the website, there's some resources, i.e. you can download a copy of the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, webinars, seminars, all sorts of good things going on. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Um, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Um, investing, I think probably the biggest mistake I see is people trying to do a little bit too much on their own, which in and of itself isn't that big of a problem. Um, but I do see people make pretty big mistakes with it. Uh, you know, keep talking about this and take a look at the markets. 
anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's the holiday season. Um, don't overspend in any way, shape, or form. Um, we can talk about that webinar that's coming up. The webinar that's coming up is going to be the last event of the year, clearly. Ten Pillars of Wealth and Income in Retirement. It's Thursday evening, 6.30 to 9. You can sign up today at robblack.com. We've got space for, um, I think we set it at like 150. So we're going you know, to get close to that. And, uh, after that, we'll shut it off. And it is a first-come, first-serve kind of thing. So hopefully you sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Um, SP 500 trading a little bit higher. Last week was a very frustrating week because uh, oil prices slipped, and as oil prices slipped, any good news was kind of dismissed as well. Oil prices are slipping. Um, unemployment's you know getting better, but oil prices are slipping. Profit margins are improving, but oil prices are slipping. But also another thing that happened is that we need a good reason to slip. Uh, this market's been up basically for five straight years, six straight years, almost nonstop. Um, there's been very few corrections. Corrections are normal and healthy. You know, last year we got a bit of a correction going when it was a really cold winter and we had that Arctic blast and people were like, well, they didn't go out and shop. So the market pulled back a little and cooled down a bit. Um, everything needs a little cool off period, even the stock markets. I know it's an odd concept, but it is a very true concept. So work with that. Um, other things to note, take advantage of headlines. couple companies going private. I can't say anybody is going to get excited by that story. Um, the Russian ruble hits new lows. I can't say anybody is going to get excited by that story. Um, Apple heads to court an ebook appeal. This feels like it's been litigating for four or five years, and it feels like old news. It feels like the attorneys are making the money. Sony's telling the media not to use the leaked documents and says there will be repercussions if you do. Um, interesting way to handle it. Uh, again, don't put anything online that could ever be leaked. Uh, if it bothers you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget you can sign up for that event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. 
taking a look at uh, there's a hostage crisis unfolding as we speak in Sydney. Police have rushed the cafe in Sydney where a gunman had taken several people hostage. Um, police have named the gunman. He's currently on bail and facing charge of accessory to murder in an unrelated case. Many of the hostages were held in the cafe for more than 16 hours, and the hostage used the hostage taker used this scenario to get in touch with social media outlets to list his demands. Um, we'll learn more in coming minutes, I'm sure. Not sure that's an interesting story to you and or not, but I have to throw it out there as it's out there, sadly. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Oil floor. People are expecting mid-50s should do it. Home builders content with the slow recovery. Um, that's worthy of note in large part. The home builders really aren't rocking and rolling, even though we do have an economy that's improving and we do have immigration that comes into the United States on a regular basis. Nation. And we have homes that just burn down and get knocked over by hurricanes and tornadoes and fires and such. Home builder sentiment remained in positive territory in December, falling just one point. Members in many markets across the country have seen their businesses improve over the course of the year, and they expect builders to remain confident in 2015. Housing continues to be okay. Not great, but okay. Um, other big stories of note... I think the oil dropping is creating kind of an instability issue in a lot of people's heads. Um, we don't know the ramifications, especially when it drops so fast. We do know that you know oil-producing countries who count on their GDP to be funded with oil costs, oil prices, are going to struggle. We do know airlines are going to rock and roll. We do know well, there's some things that we do know. Riverbed Technology, the enterprise tech company that's been under pressure from activist investors, said today that it would sell itself to private equity firm Toma Brava for $21 per share. The deal is $3.6 billion in total. It's a 12% premium. Um, so Riverbed Technology once was a hot, sexy company. A lot like maybe Twitter. In 5, 10 years, well, they will sell themselves into a private. Uh, it's worthy of note. Millennials are often focused on this show. Majority of Americans have a tight grip on their pocketbooks compared to older age groups. Younger people between 18 and 29 are twice as likely to spend this holiday season than last. Um, spend more. Millennials have the highest feelings of job and financial security right now. It's not because of young misguided optimism. It's not a one-time anomaly either. Young people have skills that employers crave. They're paying down debt, increasing savings. Their net worth has been improving higher level of confidence in financial security, and millennials will spend more. Again, we're counting on millennials to buy homes this year. We're counting on millennials to the rescue. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I don't know. I always find it fascinating. Um, lobster. I just like saying the word lobster. Does anyone remember the Saturday Night Live skit where there was a lobster on the loose? That's all I got for you on lobster. Lobsters are expensive. How, how about that? Um, chocolate. There's a big drought going on in the world. And chocolate costs are surging. 
there's a big chicken issue in California where we're going to require eggs to come in the state to be done up with a, a nice cage for the chicken in the state that he resided in. A nicer cage. It's worthy of note. Chickens are going up. Chocolate's going up. Lobster's going up. Beef is going up. Food costs are going up. Uh, even though the cost of a lot of commodities last year fell a lot. Um, Let's see. Can I bring up Victoria's Secret? Sure. Victoria's Secret, um, the parent company is called L Brands. They do that crazy runway show where people like Taylor Swift sing and these incredibly skinny and uh, attractively tall women come out in lingerie. Lingerie label left money on the table when it failed to be an aggressive enough on promotions last year. Um, so this year they went heavy into promotions. Um, and their same store sales increased 8%. It accomplished those gains despite the revenue and the broader intimates market dropping 3%. So uh, Victoria's Secret figured out, hey, we can get women into our store or men into our store. We can get business into our store is probably the better way of saying it, just by slashing the little prices and making it kind of a luxury that's um, on a discount. Luxury brands tend to do well in bad economies. If they're lower end, because it's a small luxury, it's like sales of lipsticks goes up in tough economies because, hey, it, it, it feels nice and makes me feel kind of sexy kind of thought goes on and doesn't cost that much money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um. I still find that pretty interesting that Sony's told the media to stop releasing their leaks. I guess what goes around comes around on a lot of levels. Um, we'll see how that plays out. So far, everything that's come out, some of it's been pretty damaging as far as movie scripts and movies themselves uh, being leaked before they're even released. It's stunning because insiders at Sony know the problem was probably completely Sony's doing and not the hackers' expertise. Way too easy. I'm Rob Black, talking about things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Big webinar coming up this Thursday. Sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Market commentary. Here's Rob Black. <laughs> 
on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Markets, for instance, let's take a quick look. Um, Weaker. We're starting the last 10 days until Christmas, until Santa the Magic Man comes. And uh, there's supposed to be a Santa Claus rally. Where is it? The Santa Claus rally tends to happen because people are kind of optimistic. There's a year in budget flush. There's retail shopping numbers that are coming out. S&P 500's down. Fractions Dow's down 50. The NASDAQ down 23. Probably doesn't feel too good, all things considered. Um, crude oil continues to be a story struggling. Uh, now it's down under $57 a barrel to $56.98. Um, mid-50s is where so-called experts are saying the floor is today. I don't know if that's fair and or not. The S&P 500 is down 3, down down 49, NASDAQ down 20. We opened higher. I guess that's you know a small bit of good news in all of this. But we certainly couldn't maintain it. Um, let's see what we have as far as big stories with this. Um, Apple can't make enough iPhones. That seems to be, I would say, a pretty good problem to have. It's telling that Samsung, who had kind of a high-end market because of the bigger phones, is now starting to struggle to maintain the high-end perception compared with Apple software. I own shares of Apple, it should be mentioned. I'm not making any uh, derogatory comments on Samsung, just reporting on market numbers. Facebook has removed its integration with Bing. It used to serve search results from Bing on the site. Um, search is going to be a big issue for Zuckerberg and the boys at Facebook in the future. Microsoft invested $240 million in Facebook for a 1.6% stake back in 2007. It valued Facebook at $15 billion, and everyone laughed. Now Facebook is worth over $200 billion, and that little investment turns out to be the best-performing equity investment Steve Ballmer ever made. Microsoft sold some of its Facebook stock after the IPO in 2012, but seemingly holds on to some. Um, Facebook confirmed that it was no longer including search results from being on its site, so I'm not saying that relationship is dead. Um, the Bing deal came around the time Microsoft invested in Facebook. Search is becoming more important to Facebook. Facebook introduced a new search feature this week that'll let users search through individual posts, not just pages. That doesn't exactly put Facebook in a direct competition with Google for web search, but it does mean that Facebook becomes a lot more useful as a place to find information that your contacts have posted. Um, Other things in tech to release. Apple's come out with a holiday advertisement. Cute. They do that every year. Chinese smartphone maker Xiaomi has disclosed its 2013 financial data made a profit of 347 million yuan, which is 56 million. 
they're the number three phone maker in the world, and it happened fast. Uh, what else is there to bring out about this? Um, they're obviously coming public is the kind of thought on this. The owner, uh, CEO, owns 77% of the company. French taxi drivers are going to block roads in Paris to protest a court's decision to allow Uber Pop to continue operations. The decision was made last week not to ban Uber service in the capital. Um, Parisian taxi drivers have vowed to block roads leading, in, leading into the French capital. Like their counterparts in large cities across the globe, Parisian taxi drivers are fed up with what they see as unfair competition from Uber's popular smartphone taxi service. Uber Pop, which uses non-professional drivers using their own cars to, make, to take on passengers at budget rates, has 160,000 users in France. So Uber's kind of a, they've got a PR issue, to say the least. Um, Sony is contacting news organizations, asking them to stop reporting on leaked documents. eBay users really don't like the auction site's redesigned iPad app. It's got a lot of bad reviews on the App Store. I don't know if that can be made into a bigger story other than apps are kind of like lifeblood right now because of mobile use being so strong in growth. If you're going to try to impress Wall Street right now, you have to talk mobile. If you're a tech company and or a retail company, those numbers matter. The ruble is collapsing today. Um, oil's weaker, so those kind of go hand in hand. But... Uh, in the next couple of months, two to three months, you're going to see a lot of problems basically come from uh, debt refinancing coming out of Russia and uh, from corporations, not necessarily from the government itself. Barron's over the weekend came out with their list of 2015 winners and losers and stock pick analysts, things along those lines. And not one analyst out of the top 10 uh, basically put a negative spin on 2015. You know, they say stick with the market. It's interesting because if you look back at 2015, 2014, the predictions, a lot of the analysts, none of them predicted rates to go this low on the 10-year Treasury. Um, today's bull market is now the fourth longest in history. It was born in 2009. Um, most expect the SP 500 index to rise about 10% in 2015. Um, it comes atop a rally of so far about 8% this year, and it's tough to really say on a day-by-day -day basis on where we go from here as far as valuations go. We're more expensive now than we were five years ago. Valuations meaning it, how long it would take the stock market to earn its value. This one's a little shocking to me. SurveyMonkey, an online questionnaire service, raised $250 million in funding in an investment round. It's going to help pursue acquisitions and let employees and existing shareholders sell some of their share, stock. Survey Monkey, founded in 1999, helps businesses gauge customer satisfaction, schedule events, and conduct employee reviews through online surveys. A $250 million raise, you know, gives it about a $2 billion market valuation. Um, 
that ain't cheap. So, uh, so they'll come public in 2015 as investors and owners of the company want to cash out and uh, move forward. Hostage situation in Sydney ended after 16 hours. The operation is over. Not a lot of details, a lot of bangs. You can find out more information, obviously, going online about this show at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Money investing in more. Thursday evening, we're going to do an event. That event will be tied heavily towards a webinar. You can sign up for it. It's income and retirement at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800 516 1220. It's 800 516 1220. Let's talk a little financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton of NewFocusFinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. That's what he does for a living. Chad, one of the products out there, and Wall Street's products, whether you think of it as products or not, it is. Stocks, a product, mutual funds, a product. There's a commission involved, an exchange of money. But one of the products out there are, are annuities. Mm-hmm. And annuities have some promises to them because they're insurance companies, but they also have some investments to them because they're investment products as well. Yeah, and you know, I know a lot about annuities because when I got into the business, I got in, um, started working with my grandfather. He worked at banks for years selling annuities and mutual funds. And back then, annuities were a very attractive product because capital gains taxes were at 27%. Right, So anytime you changed an investment, you'd get nailed with taxes. So deferring that in an annuity made a lot of sense. Well, deferring that in an annuity these days when capital gains taxes are at 15% or even 20 if they go up to 20% next year, they're just not as attractive because the fees in variable annuities are usually 15 to 3% higher than just buying a mutual fund directly. So the higher fees eat up all of the tax incentives that you get for doing it these days. And unfortunately, it, it ends up being one of the hottest selling products out there when there's a lot of market fear because they offer certain bells and whistles, which you really end up paying for. And do you need those bells and whistles? To me, an investment is 20 to 40 years, minimum five. Yeah. So 99% of the people know. Um, so in a, in, first of all, there's no load variable annuity products, and I've right. used, I use a couple of them because okay. they're pretty good. They're great bond alternatives, and I'll talk about that maybe in a minute if we have time, but but the benefits that you don't really need, first of all, what the company usually says is that, let's say you put in $100,000 and the market tanks 50% and you die. Okay. And the, the account's worth 50. Your heirs will get the original $100,000. But they charge like 1.5% a year for that death benefit, 
right? For a $50,000 death benefit, 1.5% on hundred grand is $1,500. You could probably buy $500,000 of life insurance for that. So the only person that would want that is if you're scared of the market, you know you're going to die in the next couple of years, and you want a death benefit for your heirs, then you might buy a variable annuity that has a death benefit guarantee. But again, you're also looking at a low-cost variable annuity. And the problem with variable annuities is most of them are sold by insurance guys who don't really know about investments because they know about insurance. So there are a couple good no-load variable annuities. You know a variable annuity is bad if, number one, it ties up your money for a period of time. So if it ties up your money for over a year, it's a loaded product. Somebody's getting a commission. Big right? commission. Yeah. Not just a small commission. Big commission. If the internal fees are you know, approaching that 2% range, you know it's a big loaded product. And, and the sales pitches are really good because the person selling it to you makes usually 5 to 7% on what you put in. So $100,000 is a $7,000 commission. And they could go as high as 9%. Right. And they, they, they act like they're going to help you manage your money because usually inside these things, there's 30 different investment choices that look like mutual funds. And they set you up initially, and then you never hear from them again because they're looking for the next you to sell to. So the other benefit that is out there that people are buying most of now is the lifetime guarantee benefit. Okay. Right? And unfortunately, people think that their principal is guaranteed. All that the insurance companies are doing is saying that if you put in $100,000, we'll guarantee that we'll pay out at you know 4 or 5% a year for the rest of your life, no matter what the market does. Okay? Um, but the problem is, is that on the high-fee ones, you end up paying for that in the long run because they, they, the way that the fees are structured, it ends up eating in so much to the principal value that you end up behind the game in 10 years. Some of the no-load products, though, that are out there that offer 55 to 6% for the rest of your life, no matter what the market does, and they have lower fees, like around the 1.6% range, it's a decent bond alternative for part of your IRA account. But only until bonds are, are you know, get to that 5 to 6% yield range. So let's say in three years you want to just buy the bonds directly, you're, you're going to want to be able to get out of the variable annuity. But, Rob, with, with all that said, it is a good idea to have at least 20% of your income coming from in retirement some sort of a guaranteed source outside of Social Security. Okay. So that's why I am using some no-load uh, annuities that guarantee income for life for you know maybe 5 to 20% of a portfolio, depending on the situation. But they're no-load products so that if I want to leave in two years, I can get my client out of them without any additional costs. Good stuff. Anything else that we need to know about? Um, younger people, it's just, you know, there's really not a lot of need for younger people to save in variable annuities. The way that you'd structure it is, is that you buy low cost, low turnover, total stock market and index funds in your taxable accounts. And, you know, your balanced, your international, your small cap and your retirement accounts. And you'll essentially get a lot of tax deferral that way anyway. So don't younger people shouldn't be paying for the higher fees and variable annuities at all. Fixed annuities, they're great products when interest rates are like six, seven, eight percent, but they're not at six, seven, eight percent right now. No, it's it's you get you run too much risk because most of the time fixed annuities will tie your money up for three to five years, like in a like a CD. Yeah, and they're, but they're not guaranteed by the FDIC; they're guaranteed by the insurance company offering them. So um, you can look at them though when yeah rates are higher and they're coming down. Um, they're they're again a good bond or a cash alternative if you're getting them from higher rated insurance companies and if they're only like three to five years long and you know you don't need the money for that period of time. Sounds good. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and he is a certified financial planner. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's a big webinar coming up this weekend 
Um, and I'd love to see you there. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's not this weekend. It's Thursday, the 18th. Thursday, the 18th, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Webinar. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Now, onward and upward with the stock market. Um, a lot of bullishness expected for 2015. The, you know, the financial crisis on subprime mortgages really created an opportunity to get into the market at cheap cost. Now the market's run for many years. Um, the analyst who made a call on the subprime debt subprime mortgages, he's basically saying, you know, bet against high-yield bonds. His name's Joshua Birnbaum. He's an ex-Goldman Sachs group trader who made bets against subprime mortgages during the financial crisis. He's got $2 billion in wagers against high-yield bonds at his hedge fund. Um, worries facing investors in the junk bond space amid the sharp decline in the price of oil. Bonds tied to energy sector make up about 15% of the high-yield space. Question is not whether or not the sliding crude can do enough damage in the high yield markets to, you know, set off a chain reaction of de-risking, deleveraging, default. Uh, a rise in bond yield implies that investors are worried about the ability of borrowers to repay their obligations. So that's an interesting bet. Smart guy, he's been wildly cracked before. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm talking money, investing, and much, much more. Take a break here. See you right back. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Not getting many phone calls. Um, don't know why. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, things that you learn along the way are kind of important to grasp as lessons that you don't want to make again. Warren Buffett, I think, it, as far as not making mistakes... I think he's someone you should study. He doesn't do too much. 
in fact, I would say that, you know, his turnover is very low. Um, he doesn't do a lot of small cap. Uh, he's looking for companies with good cash flow. Uh, you could go back and see some of the things that he's picked up, like General Motors, Walmart, Deere, ConocoPhillips. That's got to hurt. Um, Suncor Energy. That's got to hurt. Graham Holdings, done pretty good. Walmart's done pretty good. Express Script's done pretty good. He's definitely not always right. But he's someone I respect enough to say, like, pay attention um, to what he's pulled off in the past. I think it'll um, help you as an investor if you could invest like him. I've always enjoyed his quotes. Um, he said once, I always knew I was going to be rich. I don't think I ever doubted it for a minute. I like that. Stocks are simple. All you do is buy shares in great businesses for less than the business is worth, with management of the highest integrity and ability, and then you own the shares forever. If you don't get something out of that, you should. It's not just a no-brainer, duh, buy great companies with low values. Buy great companies is one thing you get out of it. What you gauge is great. Buy companies that have management with integrity and ability. You can read a prospectus on the company. You can read an annual report and figure out who their board of directors is, figure out who their executives are. Um. He'll say something kind of interesting on occasion. I can't be involved in 50 or 75 things. That's the Noah's Ark way of investing. End up with a zoo that way. I like to put meaningful amounts of money in very few things. He says, as long as you have 120 IQ points, you can afford to give the rest away. You don't need to be extraordinarily intelligent to succeed as an investor. Does that not help you a little bit, or does that make you angry that, you know, come on, give me more? I could probably see it both ways. I could see people getting a little upset with that. Uh, i got a webinar coming up this Thursday. It's the Tied Toward Ten Pillars of Income in Retirement. Some of your money could be in annuities. We talk about that for sure. There's a good downloadable. You can get that at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's see what else do I got for you. As far as money stories go today, nothing's really jumping off the sheets. And that kind of stinks. In large part, you got to take what the market gives you, right? The sell-off in the Russian ruble has has gone up. Um, Southeast Asian markets are plunging. Sharp sell-off slammed. A number of key markets in Southeast Asia as jitters grew over U.S. monetary tightening and fractures in emerging markets started to appear. Take a look at the markets today. We have definitely been started higher and went lower. 
Oil's at fifty six dollars. It's cracked fifty seven dollars. There's some momentum selling going on. Ten year Treasury sits at two point one percent. Gold sits lower. Kind of like everything's losing today. It's not a good day to be at the tables because everything's losing. Pet Smart and Riverbed Technologies are being taken private. That's kind of worthy of note. A couple private deals of companies that had their glory days in the past, not in the last 10 years. PetSmart at one point in time was a growing, booming franchise. They were the Walmart of pet stores. Now you can imagine the problem of people don't want to go to 10 locations to shop anymore. We shop on Amazon, sign up for Prime, and we save money in getting in the car and going to all these different stores as Amazon brings it straight to us. I don't think I'll ever go in a pet store again. I'd be surprised. Of course, that's a bit of uh, an exaggeration, but you get the idea. Um, hmm. BMW self-parking i3 premieres at CES in 2015. It may be a while before you can take a nap while your car drives you around, but some primitive versions of self-driving technology are starting to appear as luxury options. Luxury cars get a lot of their technology from, like, NASCAR, but they also get it from other sources, in this case, you know, from technology. And slowly but surely, things like anti-lock brakes and airbags make their way into every car. Self-parking technology is already out, at least for anyone who can afford the pricey option packages. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, would I pay an extra 3000 to $10,000 to have a self-parking car? If I lived in San Francisco, sure. Uh, but I don't. Um, BMW is about to show off one of the most complex self-parking maneuvers. Uh, one where the car leaves you at the mall entrance and wanders off to find a parking spot. BMW's so-called remote valet parking assistant can be activated by a smartwatch app, allowing drivers to exit their vehicles at the entrance. Using four laser scanners, the i3 can prowl the garage for an open space and back into an available spot. Now we're talking a little bit better. You can hit a button on the app that says pick me up. Car turns on, car starts driving towards you. Going to be fun when there's a legal issue. You know, who's responsible for a crashed car if it's in a garage and it comes to you? Um, are you or is BMW? So, Sony is ordering news outlets to stop reporting on stolen data. Sony has demanded that news companies um, stop talking about their leaks. They do not consent to your possession, review, copy, dissemination, publication, uploading, downloading, or making any use of stolen information. I, I seriously doubt anyone's going to pay attention to that. And they say, no choice but to hold you responsible for any damage or loss. The company also asks recipients to destroy the stolen information. If you do not comply with this request... Uh, we have no choice but to hold you responsible for any damage going forward. The date includes five uh, film scripts, five movies, personal details, including medical records of actors in past and present, Sony employees, payment details, usernames, passwords, which they kept their passwords located in a file called Passwords in a document form without a password on the document. 
it's almost too good to be true. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Survey Monkey raised $250 million in funding to fuel deals. That gives it a $2 billion valuation. It has a free product for asking as many as 10 questions, as well as three tiers of paid subscriptions, costing $228, $780 a year. So with $2 billion valuation, helping businesses gauge customer satisfaction, uh, I don't know. It feels a little bit pricey to me. But go ahead, ramp the revenues, bring it public, let other people buy it. I'll watch it from a distance. Home builders content with slow recovery. They shouldn't be. They should be doing better than they currently are. Worldwide recession seems to be the thought out there, especially tied towards oil. Um or especially due to because of oil in 2015, U.S. looks okay. It's going to be a fun run. It's going to be a wild 2015. Uh, oil's wells that end well. Uh, you could start tinkering in the sec- in the sector, but I would be very very cautious of doing a full bet. And keep in mind the bet's going to take a while to play off pay off. Uh, We'll get back to oil at $80 a barrel. How soon is the question? Oil at $57, $56 a barrel creates some great value. How long can you be patient? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Business headlines, economics, investing. Apple's heading back to court in an e-book appeal. Boring. France continues to crack down on Uber. France moved to ban Uber technologies from operating services that lets users use as drivers without professional licenses. Kind of an interesting legality, right? People all the time share rides with each other. Hey, Jim, I'll pick you up on the way to the Sharks game. Um, But there's not a business relationship there. It's going to be interesting to see if Uber can work in Europe. Europe's a lot more unionized than the United States. Riverbed's being acquired by Tomo Bravo, a private equity firm. Once a hot tech company, not so much. 
the U.S. has continued to grow more reliant on imports from China and other Asian countries, despite a much-discussed trend towards reshoring of manufacturing. Cell phone cost worries are hitting the telecoms, creating a situation where you may want to pick up a Verizon or an AT&T or Sprint shares. They've collectively lost about $45 billion in market value since mid-November, creating a lot of, I'm not going to say value, but there's something going on there. At the movies, Exodus, uh, Gods and Kings, big budget retelling of the story of Moses, open to an underwhelming $24.5 million. Um, but it took out The Hunger Games from its top perch. So, so far, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1 has pulled in $277.4 million. Uh, but it's starting to run out of steam at the box office. There's another movie called Top 5, starring Chris Rock, made its debut at $7.2 million in fourth place. The Penguins of Madagascar pulled in $7.3 million. It's pulled in about $58 million. That has to be pretty disappointing uh, for 20th Century Fox, who distributed the film. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Uh, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, see OPEC output unchanged, even if oil drops to $40 a barrel. Now we're talking. OPEC stood by its decision not to cut output, even if prices dropped to $40 a barrel. OPEC not planning to change its November 27 decision. They want market share. Um, and they know they can kind of last it out or wait it out, so to speak. Fascinating. <laughs> I'm telling you that I know I come across as a financial nerd when I say that, but the decline in oil in the last seven days is you won't see a drop like that probably again for another 10 years. That aggressive of a drop. Um, SP 500 is down 17 today, the Dow is down 142, the NASDAQ down 55. Sending out a newsletter. Probably Wednesday. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's Rob Black. It's pretty easy to figure out how to sign up for it. Um, other stories of note. There's some. Carl Icahn says oil's woes may be proof of a junk bond bubble. So he's the second big name out there today saying that high yield is going to have a problem. Um, high yield debt moved in the spotlight last week as accelerating plunge in oil prices took uh, energy lower. A lot of high-yield debt markets have, uh, you know, junk bond ratings. They're kind of the same word. They kind of go hand-in-hand, high-yield junk bond. Junk bond's an ugly way of saying high-yield. High-yield's a nice way of saying an ugly term. Could be a tremendous opportunity if there's some companies that implode, some debt issuance that implodes. Um, Russia says GDP will decline 4.5% in 2015 if oil stays at the $60 level. I think it'll be worse than that. A lot of pundits have been speculating the price of oil, you know, uh, collapse because supply exceeds demand. Um, oil demand is around 92 million barrels a day. While that demand is somewhat flat due to a slow global economy, we know that as more people around the world drive, especially in China, where only about a quarter of the population drives now, demand will increase somewhat in the next decade. 
So oil's going to have it today. If Russia capitulates on Eastern Europe, I'm going to instantly start buying oil. Uh, if Russia helps with Iran, there's a war military event, oil's going to go higher. If there's an overthrow in Russia, oil will go higher. Uh, billionaires buy a lot of things, including generals. U.S. and Saudi Arabia fold and broadly reduce production. We'll see if that happens. If that were to happen, you would see energy move higher. For the record, I own Chevron Texaco, and I'm not worried. Uh, at my age, I've got more than enough time for it to recover if it gets thrashed. Got a big event coming up Thursday evening. Would love to see a lot of people out at the event because it's a webinar, and I want to see the signups hit max sooner rather than later so I could stop talking about it. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Webinar, Secrets to Tax-Efficient Investing, What You Can Do to Maximize Social Security Benefits, How to Reduce the Risk about Living Your Savings, What You Need to Estimate Your Retirement Expenses. I've got a good idea on my expenses now. But you have to have a really tight lid on expenses on what's leaving when you retire. Because I still have 20 years to earn money and to save it in a pot. But then I'm going to have to live off that pot for a while. I know some people just giggled. <laughs> he said live off pot. You can sign up for the webinar Thursday night from 6.30 to 9. Probably be 6.30 to 8.30 to be honest with you. Sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.